Hello, this is Canary Nicole Mine, and this is Jay Henry, writer, director, and voice of Canary P.I. It is June 20th, 2023, as of recording this, and we are back after a bit of a impromptu break. Today we will be discussing Reminisce to Remember, Episode 3, Abominable. This episode stars Tina Marie Sarah as Josephine Woodward and Yanni Saturinen as Jet Samuelson. A quick summary of the episode, heavy spoilers ahead. So, <clears throat> this continues the idea from season two's uh, The Secret on Langston Hill that somehow Canary is taken out of action temporarily and his secretary, Josephine Woodward, or just Joe, takes over the business while he recovers. So this time, Canary comes in all dramatic, claiming he, he hurt his ankle. What was it last time? He had a cold last time. So this time, he hurt his ankle. And he's going on and on. Oh, they're going to have to amputate. He's being a big baby. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it turns out it's just a sprain. He's just being a big baby. And man, I just, I love that gag. He lets on in his backstory in one of the earlier episodes that he's like been shot and stabbed and, you know, clobbered in various ways. And he's just being a big baby over a sprain. So Joe steps up for a second time to fill in while Canary recovers. Uh, a Finnish ex-hockey player named Jet Samuelson comes in, claiming that his sister has gone missing, and she was last known traveling to Alaska to take photos, and she was last known to... Oh my fucking god. So Joe steps up a second time to fill in while Canary recovers. A Finnish ex-hockey player named Jet Samuelson comes to her claiming that his sister has gone missing uh, and she was last known traveling to Alaska to take photos of the Aurora Borealis. So he, he pleads to her and against her better judgment, she accepts the case and they fly off to freaking Alaska. So they find her cabin in the middle of a desolate wintry landscape uh, far away from civilization. And they find spent rolls of film, and they develop it to find odd-looking ice huts with human remains in them. It is then that Jet reveals that they run a cryptozoology group, and her main purpose for traveling to such a place was to find proof of the existence of the Snow Yeti. That's right. So then, after an avalanche, their vehicle is buried in the snow, Joe sends out a mayday in the radio before the power goes out for good, not getting any response. Jet attempts to skate down the frozen river to get help, but it is blocked by a, by monsters in the dark, never never getting a close look, but can see the silhouette. With no other options, they, they hole up in the cabin and wait for help after a series of attacks from shadowy beasts. Canary kicks the door in, arriving just in time with another vehicle so they could escape. When he found out that Joe took the case, he flew right to Alaska. The radio broadcast that she put out, um, he overheard it at the sheriff's station, uh, who weren't going to do anything until, you know, winter had passed. They they, they were just like, oh, well, we, we warned them not to go. You know, it's, it's bad weather. And this is kind of where the drama switch gets turned up to like 10. Stuff starts to get a bit real here. And it's kind of the lead-in for the tone of the fourth episode uh, called Lucidity. Joe being upset about being around death and tragedy, she just quits working for Canary. She leaves for good. 
and you hear a disembodied voice that sounds like Canary talking to himself saying, go after her, make it right, you'll never make it now. Oh, the drama. Oh boy, the drama. So the inspiration or the starting point of the story was uh, to make a Sasquatch or Bigfoot story. And then I thought, why don't I make it in the Arctic or something and have snow and ice for the scenery? And that's how I landed on Snow Yeti. I love editing these Joe episodes, only for the fact that I don't have to listen to my own voice one billion times making cuts to make sure the audio is, you know, to make it sound good and conversational, you have to make these little, little tiny adjustments, dragging it back and forth, the chopping, and it, oh god, it's a nightmare, but you know, poor audio drama, man, I, I, I get it. Also, it's just something different, it, it, it shakes it up, you know, I, I like sonic diversity, I guess is the way to say it. It shows that Canary P.I. doesn't always have to be about Canary, which I never wanted it to be stuck to. Um, even though it kind of ended up following its own kind of formula, I wanted to be able to go wherever it wanted to go. I didn't want to be held to anything. And the first released episode actually wasn't really about Canary, he was more of an observer. So this is the first time working with uh, Yanni, who voiced Jet. It was, it was a struggle casting this role. I didn't get that many bites from the right kind of people. Like, if I put out a casting call for British accent, I would have gotten, like, a ton of responses. Everyone wants or, or can do British. But, like, other accents are kind of, you know, tougher to pin down. I'm sure if these were paid parts, it would have been easier, but, you know. You get it done however you can get it done. Unpaid, can act, and something from the Nordic territories was, like, a very tough to piece it all together. I believe Chrissy from Madison on the Air, I asked her, and she had one of her people audition, and it was between them and Yanni, and ultimately I went with Yanni, but you were close, bro, so thanks for trying out and, and for your time. So Yanni is actually from Finland, and he, he gave me all kinds of input, how Finnish people don't show their excitement very much. They're, they're very, like, stoic in their speech. And I kind of tried to push him out of that a little bit in certain spots. But I think it melded together and it turned out great. I think we landed in the middle well, so. Thank you for being part of this crazy-ass journey. Tina carried this episode like a boss. She's great. I think you could see her progression with voice acting, too. I tried to up the dramatic points and she stepped up in a big 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 way i also wish you could hear her raw audio outtakes it's freaking hilarious maybe i'll get around to that blooper reel i've been meaning to do her lines are probably like what like 12 minutes final maybe 15 max and between her takes she's just acting the fool and, and being completely schizo and it's such, it's just amazing the raw file was probably like 30 or 40 minutes or something and she would come out of these really dramatic parts and just like completely switch off the emotions and just be like, woohoo, I hated that. Let me try that again. And 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 then do a line where she's near sobbing. And and it was just like, I, I can relate to that too. You get freaking delirious doing these things. Okay, so, um, oh, here's another thing I want to talk about. I heard a band talk about what they call studio-itis, where they get too close to something and everything starts to sound like out of tune and off time and just bad all around um and this definitely applies to me while making these i edited these yeah i edited these in order so this is the so at this point i'm three episodes in and my brain is getting pretty crispy so 
you kind of have to know when to back off a bit and touch grass, as they say, and decompress, which can be a bit hard. I get tunnel vision and uh, so- somewhat obsessive, and just, I just want to go, go, go. As soon as I have the lines that I need to start assembling, it's like it's go time. It's time to go, and it's hard for me to stop and walk away. There's usually a couple times where it sounds the freshest to me. Uh, when the dialogue is cut and I can listen to it in a conversational way, you can actually, you know, start to hear what it's going to be. And then when I track music, which is, you know, it, it, it really comes alive when you, when you add a piece of music to something, it starts to sound cinematic. So doing Foley or, or sound effects is, is the roughest part for me, since it's one of the last steps. I've already heard the episode over and over again, and in like five to 30 second increments too. And then I have to do the final mix after that. Yeah, a lot of time with Foley, I have like these loose ideas in my head. I tried mapping it out uh, in the script, but I don't like doing that. It just, I need I need to hear the sounds. I need to see or, or hear how it gels with the dialogue and what's going on in the scene. Sometimes I'll have an idea and I'll completely scrap it because it's just not working. Or sometimes I'll figure it out. A lot, of, Actually, a lot of times I'm just figuring out as I go along. I like to n- actually not go in with too many ideas for the Foley because when I do that, it just usually doesn't work or I think of something better. All right, let's see how much I've recorded. Uh, okay, let's cut this off here. Uh, anyone listening to these as I'm releasing them, there should be another one coming next week for Lucidity. And this has been... Canary in a coal mine, abominable. Oh, that's a that's a typo in my notes. Uh, we'll be back to discuss the final two episodes of R2R very soon. Okay, so visit us at rpcanary.card.co. That's card with two R's, and twitter.com forward slash rpcanarypi, or just Google us. We come right up. Thank you. And good night. All right, I actually got this fucking done.